Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to episode number 41 of the Scottish History Podcast. My name is Owen Innes and this week we're going to be following on from episode number 39. That was the Four Kingdoms of Scotland. And this week we're going to be talking about the Vikings in Scotland. So the Vikings are arriving and I think it's time to talk about them. So join me as we learn about the Vikings in Scotland. The Vikings in Scotland first arrived in 793 AD when they attacked Holy Island or Lindisfarne as it is known. Uh, This was the greatest monastery in the kingdom of the Angles. Lindisfarne is now part of England but at this time it was part of Scotland. That's going to be the same as Berwickshire that I'm going to mention later on in this episode. There had by this point been other raids by Vikings, but this one was the most significant, being described as the desecration of the very place the Christian religion began in Britain. Again, Lindis Farm was a monastery, and monasteries and churches were the Vikings' favoured targets, due to the treasures they held, such as gold, silver, jeweled Bible covers, and silk cloths. The Vikings, however, did not favour Celtic art in any way and usually destroyed it or repurposed these particular items. For example, a casket used for keeping saints' bones in was repurposed by a Viking woman as a jewellery box. Between 795 to 826 AD, the Vikings raided the largest and most well-known monastery in Scotland on the small isle of Iona in the Inner Hebrides. This was the monastery established by the previously mentioned St Columba who I mentioned in the Loch Ness episode. During the course of these many raids, 68 monks were killed and in 825, St. Blathmac, an Irish abbot of the monastery, was hacked to pieces on the altar of the monastery after refusing to show the raiders where St. Columba's shrine was. 
After this raid, the surviving monks flee inland to Dunkeld, which is the Fort of the Celts, in Perthshire for safety. According to legend in 870, nuns in Coldingham in Berwickshire cut off their own lips and noses as the Vikings arrived to prevent them being assaulted or kidnapped for slavery. Vikings are of course known for their famous helmets, however the horned helmets are a fiction. A traditional Viking helmet perhaps had a spike sticking out of the top of it, but it never had the horn sticking out the side. This was made up when a Viking helmet was found buried in the ground. Buried with it were two horn-shaped drinking vessels, and the assumption was then made and the myth was born. By 850 AD, the Vikings had started to settle in both North and West Scotland, mainly on the islands as their longboats were exceptionally fast for reaching other shores. Orkney and Shetland both present some of the best examples of Viking life. At Scar in Orkney, we have one of the best preserved Viking burial sites. The site contains the remains of a man, a child and a woman. The woman, however, is aged around 70 years old, which has puzzled archaeologists for years, as people in the Viking Age were very rarely made it past the age of 35. No one can work out the relationship of the three bodies either, so we don't even know their relevance. Writings from the Viking Age tell us that people in England regularly complained about the Viking lifestyle. Vikings loved to care for their appearance, they would uh, comb their hair every day, change their clothes frequently and uh, take baths ritually every Saturday. Now personally, I found this to be interesting in a way, as Saturday is the only day of our week not named in honour of a Norse god. Perhaps Saturdays were the Vikings' day off, so to speak, like our Sunday would be sort of thing. So we have the days of the week. So Sunday is uh, Sol, goddess of the sun, Sol's day. Monday was named after Mani, the goddess of the moon, Mani's day. Tuesday was Tyr, god of war, Tyr's day. Wednesday was Odin, the raving god, sometimes referred to as Woden. So Woden's day or Odin's day. Thursday, you'll probably know this already, was Thor, god of strength and storms. Thor's day. Friday was named after Frigg, the goddess of marriage. Frigg's day. And then Saturday, well that came from the Romans. It was Saturn's day. So why did the Vikings leave Scandinavia to come to Britain, and of course elsewhere in Europe as well? Well, they were pirates. The term Viking means men from the bays, or coastal raiders. They wanted freedom from the Viking kings in Norway and Iceland, who were trying to control the warlords and their armies, so they left as well for freedom. They also came here for the warmer climate, an exceptional farming land that Scandinavia did not have. And also, there was a tradition 
of killing unwanted female babies in Viking culture. This led to a shortage of potential female partners in Scandinavia in general. So another factor was to find wives, to be taken back to places such as Iceland. DNA studies show that around one quarter of today's male population have Viking ancestry, and a high proportion of Icelanders are descended from Viking men and their Scottish wives. Now, between 687 and 870 AD, the Vikings conquered the Angles Northumbria and Dumbarton in Strathclyde. This was the Kingdom of the Britons. They by now have also seized complete control over Orkney and Shetland. Despite fighting fiercely to win these lands, they actually live peacefully alongside the Picts and the Scots. In Orkney and Shetland, however, the Vikings are the only ones left. By now they have their own place names and they have imported clothes, weapons and building materials from Norway. They bring animals with them, like the Shetland Pony. These small ponies, however, were a lot bigger in Viking age than they are now, as the Vikings used to eat them and the bones have been found on Viking rubbish heaps. The fate of the Picts that lived on Orkney and Shetland before the Viking invasion is unknown. However, from this point, the Picts disappear from history altogether. Now, along with the building materials, the Vikings also bring their unique building style to Scotland. The Viking longhouse consisted of long, narrow homes built from stone, wood or turf. At one side of the building was the living quarters, and the other side was a byre for their cattle and for their horses. Now, the term byre is still used in Scotland to this day. It simply means stable, but it is usually what we refer to as a cowshed. The longhouses survived the Viking Age, with quite a lot of examples still existing today, as these style of houses were built in Scotland until around 1900. We now refer to these particular buildings as black houses. Again, you tend to see these mostly on the islands, the Western Isles, etc., There's a great example of the black houses at the Museum of Island Life, right up at the top of the north of the Isle of Skye. You see great examples on uh, Lewis and Harris as well. However, if you are likely uh, ever visiting the Isle of Skye, uh, head right up to the north of the island. It's a place called Kilmuir, and there you have the Museum of Island Life. Uh, at the last time of me visiting, it was about £3 to enter. It's maybe maybe going to go up to maybe, say, £5. But incredibly, incredibly cheap. And uh, not only that, not too far away from there, if you walk up the hill ever so slightly to the cemetery, that's where Flora MacDonald, from the story, the Jacobite story, the, the woman who helped Bonnie Prince Charlie escape. That's where she's buried and also uh, a lot of other very interesting graves. Uh, a couple of ones that I think I mentioned in that story that are in a way quite humorous uh, almost, which is bizarre to say, but it, it does make sense when you're there. 
Uh, but that's also where the fashion designer Alexander McQueen uh, was buried also. So, so jumping forward a little bit more, in uh, 1004, so 1004 AD, the first Scots reach North America. Haki and Hekia are part of a Viking-led expedition led by Thorfinn Karlsefni from Iceland. They reach Newfoundland in Canada, which they named Vinland. However, they are driven away back to Scotland. So that leads us up to uh, just a particular point about, uh, well, next week's episode, I'm going to be jumping a wee bit further forward again to about uh, 1100 AD, 1100 AD. Because next week, I want to tell you about Maze Howe. Maze Howe Burial Chamber on Orkney, one of my favourite ever places. As you know from listening to the podcast, Orkney in general is one of my favourite places in the world, uh, on this earth. Uh, it's one of my favourite places. And Maze Howe was the place, uh, the first place that I saw that I really thought, wow, this place is incredible. So, And it links in with the Vikings as well. Uh, I know that I've mentioned Maze Howe before, but it's going to get its own dedicated episode next week. And then from there, so that'll be episode 42. From there, episode 43, we will continue about what was going on in the rest of Scotland during this Viking time. So that's uh, basically it for this week. I just want to um, remind everybody uh, again: if you're new to this, I, uh, new to this podcast, I do recommend that you go back to the beginning, start at episode one, and work your way forward. However, you're always welcome, no matter where you land, uh, anywhere in this podcast series. Uh, so next week again we're going to be talking about Maze Howe however uh, just to remind you uh, if you want to keep in tabs with the podcast I do recommend that you visit our website that's www.scotthistorypod.com we're on Facebook so that's facebook.com forward slash scotthistorypod Twitter and Instagram you'll find the at at scotthistorypod now we also have a YouTube channel and uh, in the very near future I'm going to be utilising that a lot more. Uh, I have uh, described something called Whiskey Wednesday that I am looking to start up. So in the next few weeks I'm going to be starting uh, a new feature and that's going to be Whiskey Wednesday. The problem is drinking whiskey can't really do it on a podcast because you can't really see anything. So I'm going to be doing a video series for that. So I do recommend if you haven't already, head across to the YouTube channel. So that's youtube.com forward slash C forward slash the Scottish History Podcast. And uh, that's all going to be one word. So the Scottish History Podcast. I tried to get Scott History Pod, didn't work. Either that or just go to YouTube and search the Scottish History Podcast and it'll come up. It'll look exactly the same as it does for the podcast in general with the uh, amazing image from Mark Mackay. So just look for that. Um, but yeah, I do recommend that you go and subscribe to the YouTube channel, especially if you want to uh, hear some reviews of uh, certain whiskies. And I'm very excited with that, uh, with the premise of that coming up. So I've um, got some things in the pipeline, we shall see. Anyway, uh, if for any reason that you wish to support the podcast in any way, you can do so via the Patreon page. So that's Patreon, P 
patreon.com forward slash Scott History Pod. And there you can choose to uh, subscribe monthly to the podcast, uh, £1 or £3 per month. And that basically just um, covers the costs for the podcast, things like the, the running costs, the hosting fees, etc. And uh, thank you once again to everyone who has decided to become a patron of the podcast. Anyway, that's going to be it uh, once again for another week. So I'm really, really looking forward to next week's episode and I hope that you are too. Take care and I'll speak to you again next week. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.